so I'm like, oh my god, I'm literally stranded in a flooding canal. And he's like, oh, I hope you don't mind. Um, I invited my friends. When he pulls up to pick me up, he's in a weird-looking van. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 7.30 Tea with Ree's Spooky Tea Time. I am so excited for this episode. I've been literally excited for weeks and weeks and weeks because I've been wanting to do this Halloween special for so long, and I've always, I don't know, I've always imagined doing something extra exciting for Halloween like this, where you just share a bunch of creepy stories together. Little did I know I'd be doing that with my own podcast, where people are sending in their spooky stories, so I'm really excited about it. I was kind of nervous. I wasn't sure how many I would get, because, you know, sometimes people get a little too scared to talk about things that have happened, but I got some really good ones. But anyways, how have you guys been? I know for me, I have been very content lately. I just came back from Salem I remember I kind of briefly talked to you guys about how I was going to Salem um, last weekend. And so I'm really excited about all of the stuff that I got to do there. I got to get um, a few crystals. I also got this really cool oil. It's this magnetism oil. I got it at this place called Haw's Witch in Salem. And this oil actually works. So this magnetism oil is supposed to be um this like attraction oil you put it on um your pulse you put it on you know the pulse on your on your wrists on your neck like anywhere where you have a pulse (laughs) um you put it there and it just attracts in a whole bunch of success in all parts of your life so money love romance um work uh romance friendship family like just it attracts success in every area of your life. Going to the gym, like every single thing. And it does work. It really does. I literally, when I put that on that same night, somebody was like kind of like flirting with me a little bit. I couldn't really tell if he was flirting or not. But he came up to me and talked to me. And he had no reason to talk to me and he was cute. But yeah, someone had come up to me and kind of tried to riz me up. And then that same night, like, because I put it on both of my best friends that I went with, and um, one of them, uh, I think within five minutes after, this guy literally (laughs) came up to her and told her, like, hey, I I didn't want to be weird, but I just wanted to let you know that I think you're really beautiful, and I've been looking at you from over there within five minutes. And then my other best friend who put it on, that same night... This guy literally did a huge triple take at her. Three times. Like, triple take. You tell me that that oil doesn't work. That oil works. It certainly works. Also, guys, aside from Salem, the weekend after I got back, like the following weekend, I actually went ghost hunting. Yeah. It was really fucking cool. We got to use a whole bunch of equipment And I went ghost hunting with the Long Island Paranormal Investigators team. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them, but they are not a televised ghost team at all. They don't have a show or anything like that. 
they are just their own thing. It was founded, I think, maybe over 20 years ago. And we got to meet the leader. We got to meet everyone on the team. And this event was hosted at the Rogers Mansion in Southampton. Now, before this event, I had never heard of it. It was actually my best friend who had sent me this event that was going on. And I read about it. And I was, you know, curious. I wanted to do that so badly. Like, go out with the paranormal investigators team and use equipment. Fucking yeah. Like, I wanted to do that. So we did it. And we got to talk to ghosts. But it wasn't like... I don't know. I was definitely scared, for sure. But it wasn't as scary as you think when you, like, get used to it. Because we were doing it the entire night. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I was scared the entire time. But you get a little bit more comfortable throughout the whole thing. So when we were talking to the ghosts, um, and and they were explaining to us um, the entire thing of how... um, in in televised shows they kind of rig stuff like they were going over how things are rigged so nothing was rigged that night at all and you know they mentioned how sometimes things happen sometimes they don't you really can't control the paranormal realm and so when we were talking to these ghosts uh we were using the radio static thing kind of like in stranger things if you guys have seen stranger things you know how 11 has to do that to you know get in touch with the other side So, um, we were using these radio static devices, and so it's difficult because sometimes you can pick up on other radio stations or this, that, but at the times where we didn't, and it was just dead quiet, if you asked it something, you could hear clear responses back. Now, sometimes they were clear, and sometimes they weren't, but it would come kind of like, kind of like that, like... Um, and, and I could actually make them out for the most part. Like I asked, um, this one spirit, which I felt it was a little girl. Um, we were like, oh, what's your favorite color? Like, that's what I asked her. And we heard blue, like, and I heard blue, you know? So it was stuff like that. And it was kind of scary at first, like I said, but you get used to it and you kind of ease up. I didn't feel like there was an evil presence there at all. I felt like it was just a bunch of ghosts, and they were probably annoyed that a whole bunch of people are here going to explore their mansion. Because it was three different groups, and we were actually the third group to go, which was the last group, and our group time was at 10 p.m. Yeah. And the later it gets, the higher the spiritual activity. So, yeah, I was definitely scared as shit, but it worked out pretty well. Um, There were other creepy things, but not nearly as creepy as the stories that I'm about to get into for today. So we're going to be getting into those. But before I get into those, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about the podcast So this podcast is all about spilling tea and sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. So if you have any tea to spill, DM me on Instagram at 730 with three. You spell that 730-T-E-A-W-I-T-H-R-I-E. Or you can DM me on my main Instagram account at Rihanna Flores and you spell that R-I-E-A-N-N-A-F-L-O-R-E-S. And if you wish to be anonymous, please let me know. 
Stories should be up to 500 words or less. And if you want an audio voice message to be sent in instead of typing out your story, please keep it up to five minutes max. All right, now to get into today's stories. So before we even get into them, I'm just going to let you guys know that this is going to be an extended episode. There's actually five stories included in this. There are two audio messages and then three stories that were written, including one that is my own, which will be the very last story. It's going to be the bonus story because <laughs> it is a crazy story. And I really debated telling it because honestly, that story scars me till this day. It scarred me since I was nine years old. So it's a very creepy story. So definitely stay tuned for that. But we will be getting into the first episode, which I will be kickstarting it with some creepy music. So let's cue the music right now to set the mood. All right. So this first story is called, I Can See How People Die. So one of my followers wrote in and they said, I was on a trip a few years ago. And at this point in my life, I constantly got sleep paralysis. I fell asleep in the back seat of the car and all of a sudden I couldn't move. I saw the road, I was driving a blue car and there was a man I didn't know next to me. The next thing I know, we got into a huge car accident. Everything went black and I woke up. I spoke to my brother about this and he told me not to worry about it and that it was probably a dream, but I knew someone was going to die deep down. A few hours later, we were back on the road driving. I was telling my brother that we knew the girl in my dream, but not really. My brother brushed me off again. Then he got a phone call. His friend, we will call him John, was calling about a car crash scene. His brother was on scene and said that the girl was the sister of a guy I grew up with. Unfortunately, she was dead on arrival. My brother turned to look at me and asked me how I knew. From then on, I've always had feelings about when something bad was going to happen. I have a few friends who have told me that my warnings have saved them from vehicular, I can't pronounce this, vehicular, vehicular accidents. Accidents in a vehicle, okay? Couldn't read that, you guys, I'm sorry. But anyways, wow, wow, this story is really crazy. When I first read this, you guys, I was like, holy crap. Like, honestly, I I do get chills when I read this story and when I have discussed this with this follower because I can honestly relate to how you feel because I've had intuitive dreams like that. Not that crazy detailed sometimes, but this is a this is oh my lord this is powerful and i think it's especially because you mentioned in the beginning how you constantly got sleep paralysis now i don't know if you know this but sleep paralysis is actually the beginning stage to astral projection and that's why it's so strong and why when people have it they see very creepy things because it's honestly kind of like you're part of a different realm. Like you see the other realm. It's easier to slip into there. And that's why it's so creepy. Some people are able to see creatures in that state or people who have passed on. Some people have actually um, seen themselves, which makes sense. 
like I said, because of the whole astral projection thing, which if you guys don't know what astral projection is, it's an out-of-body experience, which honestly, I've only experienced this once. Um, and it happened in college, actually, and it was honestly really scary. Um, the way that it honestly works is, like I said, you know, you're out of your body, and when you're out of your body like that, there's this... Um, uh, cord that's connected to your physical body and your your spiritual dream body. So you're always going to be attached to your physical body, meaning you can always jump right back into it. It's a really weird thing to describe, but I promise you it's a true thing. And a lot of people have experienced it and I've seen a lot of interviews on it. It is a very real thing and it is crazy. I know for me, when I had my astral projection moment, I actually was, um, I was looking down at myself sleeping. And when I saw myself, I knew exactly what was happening. And then I got so scared, I jumped right back into my body. But the crazy thing is I could see the details of myself sleeping. I could see everything. My mouth opened, the way I was laying, the way my eyes looked, the way there was like, you know, like the way my hair was, the way I was positioned, everything. I could see every detail and it was the craziest thing. So I jumped right back into my body and I woke up. But anyways, <laughs> to get back into the story, it sounds like you had some type of an astral projection moment because with astral projection, you can sometimes see, you might be able to see future things, but I feel like most of the time it's a lot of present things. Um, sometimes maybe past, but it's more like a lot of people that experience it's it's the present moment that's happening. So it seems to me like that's what you had. And I think that's why you were able to see what was happening at that exact moment while you were asleep. Because I think that's exactly why it was showing you it kind of from the perspective of the girl. Because you said you were seeing a guy driving that you didn't know. So it seems like you were seeing it from the girl's perspective. That's what you were being shown. It, it's definitely really crazy, but it's amazing that you were able to see so much in so much detail like that. And you knew deep down exactly what was going to happen. It's also really crazy that you found out all of that information just moments after the dream. Because imagine like... Oh, God. Would you dream something and then, like, you get the confirmation of it and you know it? I mean, that is a crazy thing. So it's honestly such a gift that you were able to receive that information and that you got the confirmation so fast after. Because sometimes the confirmation comes, like, a few days later or a week later or a few months later or a year later. And it's always kind of, like... The time in between then and the confirmation that you get feels kind of weird because you're like, is this true or not? Is this just in my head? So, you know, it's nice, but also really sad at the same time. Um, you know, rest in peace to the girl who um, was dead on arrival. I um, I feel very sorry for her and her family. It's very, um, it's very tough and very difficult to go through something like that so unexpectedly. So my heart goes out to her and her family. 
And thank you so much for sharing that story. It's always really hard to share those kinds of things, knowing that there's so many skeptics out there to make you feel crazy when you aren't. So thank you again. And, um, you know, please feel free to share any more stories that you have when it comes to intuition. Um, I, I honestly really encourage all of you to share any intuitive moments you've experienced. Just know that you're not crazy for thinking something like even how this listener mentioned in her story, like she tried telling her brother and he didn't really believe her at first until after it was confirmed. Like you really have to just trust your intuition. You have to trust your gut because sometimes you really do know better than you think for yourself. Trust that feeling because chances are you are probably right. There's absolutely no reason to just doubt yourself. So that's what I have to say on that. And again, um, my heart goes out to her and her family. Rest in peace to her. But now we're going to get into our second story of the day. And this one was actually an audio message that was sent in from a listener. So this story is called A Ghost Slammed My Door Shut. So we're going to play that audio right about now. All right, this is the time that my family had stayed in a haunted house in Cape Cod. So I was going to a family vacation with my mom's side of the family. And that's like, she has five siblings. We were bringing my grandma and her mom. We call her Nana. So Nana and grandma were coming too. And then there's the three cousins, me, my brother, my little cousin, Taylor. We get to this house it's gorgeous it's got two levels um downstairs my grandma my youngest aunt and my little cousin taylor who was like three at the time they were sleeping down there and so was my nana but she had like a separate room from them and then upstairs we had my little brother and my two uncles together my parents had their own room and then myself and my aunt shared a room um so you know My little cousin, we used to call her elephant feet when she was little. She would, like, stomp around all over the place. Um, You know, so, like, basically, 2.30 in the morning, my parents start hearing, you know, elephant feet down in the hallway. And they're like, um, maybe, like, Taylor woke up or something. Like, we're, we're sure that my aunt will take care of it. And then it, like, stops. But it was going, like, up and down the downstairs hallway, which was literally right below our upstairs hallway because the the stairs like did a nice little like wrap around um and so they start hearing footsteps and then it stops and they're like okay whatever that was taken care of go back to bed and this started at like 2 30 then you know they start hearing the footsteps going up and down the hallway downstairs but now they're coming up the stairs but they stop at the top and then go back down and do the whole thing over again. It's like a weird, like, pattern. Like, a ghost with OCD? Hmm? Or something like, like, what is going on? Anyway, they come out of the room because they're like, what the fuck is going on? The footsteps stop. They check. Nobody's there. They check the rooms to see, like, is somebody asleep? Is someone pranking us? Bitches, we're asleep. So they're like, okay, whatever. That was weird. But we're just gonna go to bed and pretend like someone was doing that. Finally, bitch, these fucking steps come up the stairs, down the hallway, towards my room. And in my room, there's a fucking, like, cast iron weight up against the door. That thing was probably, like, 10 pounds. So it was, like, heavy. And I was turning 10, like, I mean, even now. Girl, you haven't worked out with 10-pound weights and you haven't worked out in a while? 
That shit is heavy, okay? It's not crazy, it's not strenuous, but it ain't light. Um, anyway, there's a 10-pound weight up against the door, and then also, my aunt was sleeping on the bed, and I was sleeping on a makeshift bed of, like, couch, like, couch cushions, because I would, like, spaz in my sleep. I still do to this day. Not important to the story, though. Um, you know, so we didn't want, you know, for her to be waking up with bruises and shit, because I, like, would kick and punch. So, the fucking door, these steps come up to our door, turns the handle, and starts opening the door, and it was, like, slow, it was weird, it was fucking slow and weird, girl, and I hear the, the, like, weight starts to wake me up, because I hear it dragging on the floor for the door to open, and my aunt, all of a sudden, is like, leave us alone, and the door, like, when she yelled that, I, like, sprung up out of my sleep, and the door fucking shut, but, like, it slammed shut, it was like, boom, like, the fucking house shook, and the stop the steps go like stomping down the stairs and down the hallway and I woke up and I was like what's going on man I was like just go to bed just go to bed and so I thought like maybe someone was fighting or something because maybe I, I think I fell asleep before everybody to that night I think that's why I was confused but so the next morning I was like what happened and then my parents and my aunt told everybody what the fuck happened and also bitch I fucking saw like the door slammed shut and like kind of nobody was there you know, I saw like a sliver. Nobody was fucking there, bitch. So, yeah. After that, every night we had like a chair up against the door. And like those fucking stomping steps would go. You know, it would do its whole little pattern thing. Come up to the stairs. And you'd hear like the door handle like move. And then when it couldn't open the door because there was a chair up against it. It just like stomped all the way back down the stairs and stopped. Fucking weird. And that was the time that my family stayed in a haunted house in Cape Cod. (sighs) Okay, first of all, Cape Cod, as soon as she said Cape Cod, that already had me. I already knew this was going to be a creepy ass story. I don't know what it is, but like Massachusetts in general, like I I feel like the vibe is weird there. Like even when I went to Salem, I just felt like it's a creepy ass state. And, like, they say that about Connecticut and stuff, too. Just New England in general, I feel like a lot of creepy shit happens there. But I've definitely heard some creepy shit about Cape Cod, so I'm I'm not crazy shocked. But this is still a really wild story. That certainly never happened to me. Thankfully not. Like, if I heard footsteps in the middle of the night while I was sleeping, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have to just... I don't know. I, I, w- I would have to evacuate, leave the country, leave the the planet. I don't know. I'd have to just off myself. That is fucking scary. That's literally the shit that you get scared about at night all the time. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm going upstairs to my bedroom, if I'm the last person downstairs and I have to take that light off, you bet your ass that I'm taking it off and immediately sprinting up the stairs. So that the Damien's don't get me. I also find it really interesting that there was a pattern too in the way this spirit walked around. Like it's kind of, I don't know, that's menacing. It's it's kind of creepy that it has a pattern for its walk. Also, for the ghost to be able to move that door while it had a 10 pound weight against it is actually crazy. 
and definitely proves that it was a ghost. The reason why I say this is because I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze in it, and it has like Demi Moore in it and also Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but there is this one particular scene where it's showing Patrick Swayze and another ghost becoming um, friends or whatever. Like he asked this ghost to be his mentor on how to be able to move things around in the physical realm because, you know, you're a ghost. So it's, you're a soul. You're not a physical being anymore. So how can you move things, right? Like it would require energy. So this ghost is teaching Patrick Swayze how to move things with his soul, with his mind and with his energy. So it's showing him move things with his third eye. So he's telling like, oh, you have to focus really hard and make yourself feel like you're moving it using all of your energy and that wears you out as a ghost. So I don't know when when you told me that this ghost was able to move the door while there's a 10 pound weight against it. That's a lot of energy being exerted. So that means that this ghost has to be a very powerful type of ghost that has been there for a while to be able to know how to exert that much energy. Now, I don't know how true that concept is. Like I said, you know, I mean, it was in a movie scene. But also, I still think for most movies, when they execute things like that, when they show those things, you have to do research so that, you know, it makes sense to the audience. So I feel like some of that could be true to an extent, and it does make sense. So I do believe that it could have been definitely a strong, powerful kind of presence that was there. And also, by the way, guys, to add in there, this girl sent another quick little update because she forgot to include this detail in the story. But when that um, ghost started uh, trying to open the door, that ghost was actually also jiggling the door handle too, which also requires another amount of like energy involved so this was definitely like powerful also it's super crazy by the way that your aunt immediately knew that it was a spirit that means that she was able to feel that and i feel like for most people on average like you can feel a presence even if you don't have abilities or this that you can but for you to feel it right away and know it right away and sense it like you're intuitive so I, I think it's, it's crazy. Also, guys, I know this girl personally. And girl, I have a question for you. Like, was this your aunt that is a medium? Because she has an aunt that is a medium. And I feel like this might be her. Because for her to be able to feel that presence right away tells me enough. But anyways, going back to the story... Um, it's good that you guys found a way to try and keep it out, though. Like, propping up the a chair against the handle was a good idea. And also, too, it's good that your aunt told it to go away because when you do that and show that you're not afraid of it, it takes away the power from it and makes it less powerful. So it's good that she did that and stood her ground. And it's also good that you went back to bed because you would have most definitely been even more scared than you are now because seeing more of it and understanding even more of it at that age 
And I mean, clearly you understand a good amount to be telling it, but like, if you saw even more, like, I'm pretty sure, oh my Lord, like, it would have scarred you even more. So it's good that you went back to bed. It's good she told you that and all of that. That was good on her. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really crazy story. And it's also a story, honestly, that really happens on rare occasions to experience something like that. Because, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier when I was talking about the ghost hunting, I mean, it is hard for something like that to happen, even in the, the most haunted places ever. Like, for something in the paranormal world to just happen like that is hard. It's almost like doing the lottery. And like I said, that's what I learned the other day, is you can't control when it's gonna happen. You can't really control the paranormal world. They're gonna pick and choose when they want to act up, you know? But the fact that that all happened more than once on the trip, because you said it kept happening a little bit where there would be footsteps, the fact that that happened is really wild. And that means whatever was there was very, like I said, very powerful. But thankfully, you made it out alive to tell the story. I don't know how you did it, but props to you. But yeah, um, we are going to get into the next story. So this next story is called We Talked to Ghosts in the Woods. And this one is actually, it was sent in from one of my hinge matches because, okay, so on my hinge profile, I literally put in there that I have a podcast because I'm like, come on, networking, like it doesn't matter where you do it. So one of my hinge matches literally sent in this story and I was like, that is so cool that somebody decided to send something in from there. I didn't expect that, but I was excited. But anyways, we are going to get into this story. So my hinge match wrote in and he said, I was smoking with my two friends near a lake. Firstly, a tall lanky guy in a white tee walks by without saying a word. Later, a girl with twigs and leaves in her hair comes up to us and tells us the gate to leave is closed. We told her we could help her find the exit because it wasn't far away. And by the time we packed up to show her, she dipped to the same path the guy in the white shirt went. We searched around for over an hour, and we didn't see a sign of either of them. And the epilogue is that police found human remains in the lake two months after we all went. Whew. Okay. I would, I would die. I would shit twice and then die. I don't know what I would do. Because that's so creepy. If somebody came up to me looking like that with like twigs in their hair and shit all creepy. And then like another weird person like tall and lanky too. Like that's so creepy. And it's definitely like I really believe that's definitely those are ghosts. I definitely do. I want to know like what bodies they found because like they found two bodies but like I want to know the genders I want to know like how it matches I want to know if it's the same exact people that you saw like I wish I asked a little bit more I don't know if he unmatched me or not guys but I'm gonna try to see if I can still ask I don't know but um it's definitely scary it's also super strange that you couldn't find them 
because you're in the middle of the woods. And like, I know the woods can be like a big place, but if you're in the middle of the woods and there's not that many people, usually you're able to find like the other person. I don't know. Does this make sense? Like if it's a small amount of people in the woods, you can probably find them. Like you can usually hear the echoes of like footsteps. You usually can because it's a big wide open space. I'm pretty sure there's a higher chance of there being like a big echo of things. So you could get a trace of someone. I don't know. I feel like that makes sense to me. But it's definitely strange. Plus, there's no possible way they could have gone that far. And it's also, like I said, weird that you know, they walked in the same direction and the girl had twigs and leaves in her hair because I don't know about you guys, but even just the average girl that goes up to a guy, like, not that it matters that much, but this is just usually facts. Um, Usually, like, a girl would not go up to a guy with, like, twigs and leaves in her hair. Like, the average girl likes to fix her appearance sometimes, approaching, and not even just guys, but, like, anyone. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's weird. I think that's definitely, it's strange. And I, I don't know. I feel like that's definitely an, an indication that something happened to her. Like the entire moment is weird. Because why, how, how else would she have twigs in her hair? Because, I mean, if, let's say... Let's say a tree branch, like, dropped leaves or whatever in her hair. She would dust those out and all that, right? Like, you would feel that, I would think. So I feel like it's definitely a weird indication of something might have happened to her. Like, it kind of seems to me as, like, her maybe her spirit came up to you looking like that, looking like how she did when she passed, because, I mean, they found two bodies. She has to be one of them. So maybe her spirit came up to you guys showing what she looked like when she died. I don't know. I just want to know how she died. And I want to know if the body that they found had twigs and leaves in the hair, too. Also, too, another point to bring up is you guys were smoking in the woods, too. When you're, like, smoking... I I notice, like, for most people, when they smoke, they're more intuitive or, like, the other side is more open to people who are smoking. Like, they open themselves up more to people who are intoxicated with anything because, I mean, I don't know, it, it's just, it's a different state of mind. So I feel like the other side feels more comfortable being part of that for some reason. It's kind of like how people say they do shrooms and like maybe they they see things. And I'm not talking about freaking um, hallucinations and, you know, delusions and stuff like that. I mean, like see things like spirits. I've heard a lot of people say that they see things more or they hear things or they feel things. They feel presences. So I feel like, too, the factor of smoking adds to this because it enhances intuitive abilities and you were all smoking and it invites more spiritual things in. So I definitely feel like it's really weird that you guys came across two people and then 
a few weeks later, there were two bodies found, and those spirits walked in the same direction of each other. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. But anyways, that is super crazy story. I would be very scared. And I, d- I don't think that this is untrue. I, I honestly believe what you're saying. I really think that these could possibly be two spirits, two ghosts that you talk to. Now, some people might be skeptical, but I believe this shit. It, I mean, there's, that's just no coincidence. It's a little weird. You can't deny that. But thank you so much for sharing. And it's always good to get a good scare. Now, this next story that we're going to get into, um, this one actually has a trigger warning. It's a very good story. I do believe that it deserves to be told, but I did want to give you guys the warning that this involves um, the concept of suicide, but it is an amazing story, and it was an audio message that was sent in from a girl that I know personally, and she is a medium just like me. So her story is definitely crazy definitely wild, also very upsetting, but it's very, very worth telling. And I really do hope that you guys uh, grab something from it, take a lesson from it, or, um, you know, try to keep an open mind, because I do believe everything that she said in this. And I know that there's some skeptics out there, and that's okay. But just please learn to be respectful of her story and the way that she told it, because she told it very beautifully and really took her time on it. So anyways, now we're going to give her story a listen. Just for warning, this story is quick and simple, but it does mention things of suicide. So if you do not like to talk about suicide or anything like that, you feel free to skip this. I will not be offended. Um, anyway, hi, um, I'm a friend of Rihanna, and, um, we bonded over the fact that I am psychic, and I have dealt with a lot of things in my life, but this story is my favorite. So, about 10, 11, or 12 years ago, I was in one of the darkest spaces of my life, and it was because I was going through my first psychic awakening. And for anybody out there who is psychic, you guys know that your first awakening can be beautiful or chaotic, depending on which it is. And mine was pretty chaotic. A lot was going on. I was in a very dark time in my life, so things were hard for me. It also happened when I was going, like, straight through puberty, which was, like, rude, but whatever. So I was getting bullied a lot in school, and I just felt very much alone. And I felt weird. I felt like I was on the outside, you know. I felt that basically there was nothing out there for me. And even though I was 13 at the time, this felt way too real. Uh, There was no way out. I also had experiences around the same time with a spirit that we call Henry. Now, Henry was a lost soul who was in a house of a friend of mine. And she claimed to be psychic, and she was just trying to, like, you know, talk for him, but she could not understand him, and oftentimes was giving the wrong information. I, however, understood him. And he didn't feel like he had to, like, 
I don't know, try? Because I just understood him. There was this weird mutual understanding that we both knew, like, just everything. So whenever he talked, I understood the message. It came through to me clearly because we had that connection. And he just decided that he was going to stay with me. And I was like, sure. I like Danny Phantom. And he was like, what is that? And I was like, oops. <laughs> so having him as my friend was great. You know, he would protect me from nightmares and stuff like that. And around the time when I was really going through it, I had decided to take my own life. I had tried, like, at least one other time and failed. And one day I waited until there was nobody at my house and I tried to drown myself in my pool by hitting my head at the bottom. And the reason why I tell the detail is because to know how this story unfolds, you have to know how it happened. So that's triggering. I'm sorry. So I hit my head at the bottom and I just remember everything went black. Everything. I was like I was floating. I couldn't feel anything. Just black. And all of a sudden, I felt an arm go underneath my armpits and across my chest. And I'll never forget this feeling either. It was so surreal. And I was being dragged and lifted to the top of the ladder. When I came to, I was sitting at the very top of my ladder that comes out of the pool. No idea how I got up there. And I just took it as a sign to just get out, you know? And I kind of just kept it in the back of my mind for at least a few days. About two-ish weeks later, I was in my pool again. But this time I was in a much better place. I was happy. I was swimming. And I remember I dove underwater and then I came up and I looked right into my dining room, which the window is right by the pool. And I see this boy. Had to be about 17, 18, late teens. Standing there. Smiling. Like he was happy that I was happy. And I remember his, the clothes he was wearing, like, full-bodied apparition. And I instantly knew it was Henry. And I remember I, like, jumped up and I was like, Henry! Holy crap, Henry! You did it! You know? Because it was like I was looking right at a person. And, um, he's been with me ever since. You know, he kind of told me that... I'm not allowed to do that again. He will always find a way to stop me. And he has. Whether it's someone having the sudden feeling to call me or just other weird little details. Like, if I was writing a note, suddenly my pen would be missing. And I'm very, like, methodical in the way I do things. So, yeah. I couldn't do it if I couldn't write the note. And uh, I have a lot more stories about Henry. He's one of my favorite people. I believe he's one of my guides now. He's kind of taken a more guidance role for me. And uh, 
yeah, that's the story about how I was saved by a ghost. <sighs> every single time I have replayed that story, I'm just shocked every time. Because it's so sad, but it's so beautiful at the same time. And also, like, I don't know, it's it's just so sweet. Like, there's no perfect way to describe it. But um, I want to start by saying... Um, I'm so sorry that you were going through such a rough, dark time. It's definitely not easy trying to kind of navigate yourself out of a dark place. It's not easy at all, and it can feel really lonely. It can feel really tiring, really frustrating, really exhausting and confusing. It's not easy, so I'm sorry that you had to go through that yourself, but I'm glad that someone physical or unphysical was able to be there you know like it's really amazing that this spirit left such an impact on you and was able to save your life actually save your life is insane to me especially to pull you out the fact that you were able to feel an arm around you under the water and all of that while you were you know, fully, you saw black, you were practically unconscious. And you woke up sitting at the top of your ladder is, is crazy. It's something unimaginable. It's something where you can't, I mean, you can't even phrase it the right way, the way to talk about it. It's, it's crazy. But it's a beautiful thing. And it's beautiful that this soul really had your back like that. I also love that you two were able to kind of develop a bond before that happened too. And the fact that he helped save you shows how strong that bond has been between you guys and how it stayed and it carried through. And I love that he came back when you were happy and showed himself If you guys didn't know what an apparition was, that's what an apparition is. An apparition is when you can see the full figure of a ghost or a spirit. Um, So for him to show himself is kind of like, it's a huge step of vulnerability. So that means that, you know, what happened, um, and as sad as it is, and, and, um, you know, how hard it was going through that. And even you telling the story, reliving that, like, I really, I commend you and I thank you for telling that and sharing it with us again and reliving that because it's hard to retell something like that. I could even hear it in your voice. It's hard to retell that without kind of revisiting those exact feelings in that exact moment in that time period. So thank you for sharing that. It, it really means a lot. And for him to show himself to you really shows that it drew your bond closer after what happened. And it's beautiful that he's been with you ever since and has, you know, made sure that you have stayed happy and content. It's really sweet that he showed up when you were happy again. It means that he was trying to make sure that you knew that you were in a way better place than you were before, that you made it out at the end of the tunnel, that you found light. So, wow, I, as sad as it 
is it's also a beautiful story. And I'm really thankful that you shared that because it's something that can inspire others who are feeling very dark and low, that there is a way out. And who knows, you know, you could get that help from uh, a spirit or maybe a best friend, someone to lean on. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's always a way to take yourself out of a dark place. There isn't just one way out. So thank you so much again for sharing that, really and truly. So now we're going to close out with one last story, which is the bonus story. And this bonus story is my own story. And honestly, I can't lie. I'm home alone right now as I'm recording this. So I'm already scared to tell this story. This story, honestly, I really was debating telling it. Like, it was a recurring nightmare. And it started when I was nine years old. And I really very rarely tell this story because I don't like to give this spirit power. And I just, it's it scares me a lot. And I know I'll be fine after, you know, like I do my cleansing and I wear rosary beads around my neck and I pray before I go to bed sometimes, you know, like I know I'll be okay, but I really still do get scared. I actually cover my mirrors every night when I go to bed. That's how scared I get of this story. But I wanted to share it with you guys for the podcast. I thought it would be a really good story to tell. And I figured it made sense to tell it. So I'm going to tell it. Plus, if you guys are going to be scared, I might as well give myself a good scare while I do this. I'm also going to be immediately cleansing myself right after this because I'm not playing that game. I'm not doing that. But anyways, let's get into my story. So as I've mentioned in past episodes, I am a medium. I've received things through dreams and through readings and stuff like that. So when I dream anything nightmare related, I actually, as I've said, I really hate it and always have because my nightmares are not like the average nightmare like most kids when they have their nightmares they're like oh my god i I dreamt a dinosaur trying to eat me or oh i dreamt i fell in the toilet like stupid shit you know i on the other hand would have like more detailed dreams like mine would be like i dreamt this man was chasing me in blockbuster and he was bald and he had glasses and he was this height he was super tall and he had muscles and he was wearing all black and his boots were tied up this way and he was holding this specific gun and i ran away into the car and um the car license plate was this this and that and blah 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 like And by the way, that is an actual dream that I'm telling. I'm actually recalling every detail because I I really can recall a lot of my dreams by detail. I remember pretty much almost all of them, but that was an actual one. But point is, I was having dreams detailed like that since I was like very little, like since I was seven even. Like I can recall, why did I say it like that? I can recall a lot of my dreams that is the whole point but anyways this dream that 
I had when I was nine was different. This was the first spiritually creepy dream I've ever had. So, in the beginning of the dream, I was in my room laying down, and I had just woken up, and I got out of my bed and started walking towards the hallway. Now, with the way my hallway is set up, you can see my front door and the downstairs area, like, from, like, if you look over the hallway, if that makes sense. Like, if you look over the hallway railing, that's what you can see. So, when I got to the middle of the hallway, I looked over towards the front door, and my dad was standing there, and behind him was a little girl in pink onesie pajamas. She had these, um colorful flowers all over them and she was blonde her hair was midway down her back and it wasn't like perfectly cut or anything either it was just I mean she was a little girl her hair was kind of like stringy towards the ends and I, I, I can describe the entire thing I know exactly what she looked like you know I still remember it but anyways yeah she was standing behind my dad her face was kind of down a little bit her head was kind of faced um like forward down and I, I can still see it when I describe it honestly but in the dream I was like to my dad you don't see her and he was like what are you talking about you sound crazy so then I continued walking down my hallway towards my parents bedroom and when you go into my parents bedroom um you can walk like right towards the bathroom the bathroom has its own room and then next to there like if you go to the left side is my mom and dad's room like their bed and everything like that and if you go to the right side is my mom's closet but I walked straight and when I walked straight I walked right into my mom's bathroom where she was doing her makeup in the dream so I started telling her that we needed to leave the house right now and as I was telling her that, I was contacting this girl's spirit. And my mom told me that I sounded crazy, too. So right after all of that happened, the lights went out in the bathroom, and I ran out of their bathroom. And all of a sudden, I was alone. And when I ran out of the bathroom, I ran into the other part of their bedroom to the left, where, you know, their bed is and all that. Now, in this part of their bedroom, they also have an altar and on this altar, they also have their rosary beads, they have a Bible, they have a candle, and all of that fun stuff. But my dad usually prays at this altar just about every night, and when he does, he usually lights that candle. So when I ran to that part of the, the room, I ran straight to the altar, and their altar faces a window, and that candle was lit. So when I ran to it, I looked straight into the window and I could see the reflection of the candle in the window. And when I looked, I could also see her face. Her face was in the reflection next to the reflection of the candle and everything. And it's weird because I couldn't really see her eyes just yet. I just, you know, saw her face. And it scared me so bad, so I ran to their bed and I hid under the covers. Now, with my dreams, I have the ability to control, like, the setting of them, so um, I was able to change the setting. I'm a lucid dreamer, and if you know what lucid dreaming is, you are able to change the setting of your dreams. You're able to control it. You're kind of 
awake while you're asleep is the best way to describe that. So I was able to change the setting. And when I changed the setting, I was actually in my old elementary school building. And I was in the fourth grade hallway. And it was uh, really creepy. Because the thing is, in real life, that hallway is actually haunted. So it's interesting that I ended up there. But anyways, I was in the fourth grade hallway and I started walking down. But then I felt a presence behind me. I felt like eyes on me. And so I turned around. And when I turned around, I was face to face with the girl way closer than before. She had no emotion on her face. She had the same blonde hair and the pink onesie pajamas with the colorful flowers all over them. And she stood there very still with her arms at her sides. And when she opened her eyes, they were black with white dots in the middle, one dot on each eye. And it was, it was creepy. I had never seen anything like it. And I was scared shitless. I woke up actually right after I was face to face with her. I woke up from that dream. I was nine when I dreamed this. Like I said, I was nine. So imagine dreaming that at nine years old. Because when I saw her, I just did not feel a good presence. It felt evil. I didn't like it, obviously. Um, I stayed up that whole night when I first dreamt that. And I told my mom about it the next day. And my parents were like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like a nine-year-old telling their parents this. Like, they were telling me I needed to pray more before I go to bed. It was the creepiest dream that I ever had. I was literally scared to dream ever again. Like, I that dream scarred me bad. And I was hoping I would never, ever dream her again. But this was actually a recurring dream. So the next time I ever dreamt about her as a continuation dream was actually in college. And in this dream, it actually showed me her when she was older. And I still don't know who she is, but now I do know her name because in this dream, it was whispered to me over and over through the entirety of the dream. And it showed me her real eyes, which they were green. And um, it showed me her like when she was a little bit more grown up. She had a few more freckles on her face. It showed me her in the early 2000s which was a weird time period. Um, I'm not going to say her name at all because, you know, saying the name of a spirit gives it power and I don't want to do that. But I will tell you guys, it starts with an H. (laughs) Um, And it is actually the name of a childhood TV show on Disney Channel, if that gives you the hint. It starts with an H and um, rhymes with Montana, if, if you get the drift. That's the name. Now, I have no problem with saying the name, you know, when I meet people, if that's their name, like, I don't care. But if I'm talking about this story ever, like, I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to do that. It makes me uncomfortable. And like I said, it gives that spirit power. So I will not be doing that. Now, I actually, as an adult, searched up the meaning of that dream. Well, tried to, because, I mean, how do you really define that dream? But I tried to search up the one that I dreamt when I was nine of her with the, you know, black eyes. And when I did a search on it, what came up was the black eyed children. Now, I had no idea what that was when I was nine years old. Who the hell knows what the hell that is? What is that? Right. 
So apparently the black-eyed children are a very evil, demonic type of thing. So when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? How did I dream that when I was nine? You know? Um, I started praying. I sure did. I started praying more. I sure did. I certainly was not going to be playing that game. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, that is the crazy story from when I was nine years old. And that is why I get really scared to watch any demon-related thing in the movies. That's why I was so scared of The Exorcist. And, you know, I, I continue to pray here and there. I go to church every week, and I still meditate. I'm still, like I said, I'm very spiritual still, but I'm also a Christian, you know. I go to a non-denominational Christian church, which, you know, it's kind of like a non-traditional church. It's not as hardcore, but, you know, everybody still believes in Jesus in a very healthy way, and I love that about it, you know. It's not any type of toxic thing, and it makes me feel comfortable. I feel comfortable there. I don't feel judged ever. It's a beautiful church, and I feel like I can still embrace my other, you know, my spiritual side when I meditate and I give readings and all of that, so it's a cool thing. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, I keep wearing my rosary beads, I keep saging, and I keep cleansing, and I keep doing these sound healings, which... Um, you know, we're, we're going to close out with that right now after everything, especially, you know, like I said, that story still scares the shit out of me. So we are going to be closing out with our sound healing right now. But before I do that, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to my story. It's definitely, um, a, a difficult one to tell because it creeps me out every time, especially telling it while I am home alone is, you know, hard, hard for sure. But I made it, and you guys made it to the end of this episode, practically. But anyways, yeah, let's close out with our sound healing and get rid of all of this weird energy. <laughs> so sit back, lie down, relax, shut your eyes, take a deep breath in from your nose and out from your mouth. And I'm going to play. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining today's episode and for listening to all of the stories. I know today was like the first long episode I've ever done. So if you stayed the whole time, you are literally the best. I adore you. Um, but thank you so much for listening to all of the stories. And please remain respectful of every single one that was told because I know that there are skeptics out there, but please be respectful. And thank you so much for joining again. And I will see you all next week. I hope you guys have the best week ever and goodbye.